do not be too eager to deal out death in judgment. Even the very wise cannot see all ends. It's a quote from from Ahsoka the White. (laughs) (laughs) Ahsoka the Grey is gone. I am Ahsoka the White, and I have come at the turning of the tide. (laughs) uh, Okay, well, you know what? Hello and welcome to the Movie Men Podcast. B-team. And uh, my name is Brady. And I'm Carl. And I'm going to give you a hot take right now. And this is not reflective of this episode of Ahsoka, Season 1, Part 6, Far, Far Away, that we're reviewing right now. Uh, it's not indicative of the episode as a whole. Okay. But I do need to say it. In this episode, probably the stupidest line of dialogue ever spoken in Star Wars (laughs) is uttered. Okay. And it was painful for me because coming off of the last episode where I was like a little lukewarm, early on in this episode, a line is spoken that I'm just like, okay, I like, uh, are we are we done? Have we gone off the rails now <laughs> with this series? Like, is that the point we've reached Disney Plus? <laughs> that quintessential moment in every Disney Plus series where all of a sudden it goes from pretty great to... uh. Yeah, so just a heads up, and I'll, obviously I'll tell you when that moment comes. Is it is it early or late? It's early. Happens yeah, pretty okay. early. <laughs> it's the one I think. That's the one I thought. Happens yeah. pretty early, and it's. I think we we have mixed reception on this line. Then, if dude, it is bullshit I've ever heard ever. Because <laughs> uh, it's literally right. just it's literally just the show going eh. Eh? <laughs> That's eh? definitely the line I'm thinking of. So dumb. Uh, All right. So <laughs> the, the episode starts out and we are seeing the whales travel through hyperspace. Now, what is the theory? Because I know you've watched a breakdown video or two or three or five or seven. And I know you've seen Rebels and I haven't seen Rebels and all this stuff. Why does hyperspace look so damn different all of a sudden? Um, man, I, uh, because Uh they're not a spaceship, (laughs) they're whales, Uh (laughs) they're using it differently. And that makes the Um, passing stars look vastly different. Sure. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's pretty. It's real pretty. But all of a sudden it looks like something, it looks like the hyperspace from like it look, what this looks like to me is there were there, there's a hyperspace folder on some hard drive at Disney <laughs> and and the guy doing visual effects on this was told hey go into the hyperdrive folder and pull out the correct just pull out the file that we need and stick it on and he ignored he saw two in there 
figured they were both Star Wars and ignored the fact that the one he grabbed was actually labeled Thor Ragnarok. Because <laughs> yeah. it looks like something out of Thor Ragnarok. So, mm, yeah. When... It's not all that different. It's pretty different. No, I've... All these swirling colors and stuff? Google Star Wars hyperspace. Now, a lot of the images are the classic stars that turn into lines of light. But then more recently, we got the like swirling inside the Helen Hunt tornado thing. Yeah, it's more of a, a tunnel. Yeah? Yeah, but this this isn't the first place that we've seen this, is my point. Like, where's this picture from? That's that's from Solo. This picture is definitely from Solo because it's the Millennium Falcon and the escape pod is still attached. Uh, y- so yeah, but it's still different. They're, they're just... They, Dick, I, I don't know who, who made the decision to that hyperspace look like this when you're in hyperspace. Because in the original trilogy, I don't think we ever see the what hyperspace looks like when they're actually in it. No, but more recently, we see them, we've we see seen... them take off and then we never see the outside of the ship when they're no, in hyperspace. But more we recently, see we've seen them it. Enter and leave. More recently, we've seen it and it's the tunnel one. <clears throat> yeah. So I just don't know what this is. But yeah, it's fine. But, I it's but, per, maybe it's Pergol hyperspace. I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's an error of this uh, a decision of this show. I would say it's it's this show sticking to what somebody else has chosen, and other people have fallen suit followed suit, and so they they kind of are stuck with having to follow suit. Yeah. Okay. I but guess. I, yeah. Speaking you of following suit, it, do you? Uh, but no, I just it's just like okay, yeah, well, that's just another another version of something that didn't need another version, but that's fine. Um, so then we cut to the inside of the whale's mouth, I guess, where uh, Ahsoka and Hu Yang are chilling in the cockpit. <laughs> kind of boring. I don't know, like you know, you're heading to a different galaxy, even at hyperspeed. This is going to be a lengthy trip. I don't know. Hit, hit up the snack bar. Hit up the like. Are you guys just hanging? Go play tape the pie pie jack or whatever it's called. Go do something. Or are you just sitting in the cockpit? But whatever. It's where they're hanging out. I don't know. Nope. <laughs> Yang's monitoring things. And nope. This is one hundred percent a budget thing. This is we don't want to have to like we already They've got have the this whole set. set of the ship. I don't yeah, know how much of a budget thing it is. Uh, and so then they are talking about how crazy this Purgle thing is. Look at this. Isn't this weird? Like, isn't this? Yeah. <laughs> isn't this unlikely to actually happen? <laughs> wink, wink. Uh. Yes, it is. And they're talking about how this is reminiscent of the stories that they would hear about these space whales in Jedi training, old Jedi stories, specifically ones that Huyang would tell them. Yeah. Uh, Ones we've heard the, uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, Balin Skull talk about as well. 
He's, yeah. he's mentioned those old stories and from yeah. the Jedi when he was growing up in the temple. Stories that we'd never heard in Star Wars up until recently, but yeah, whatever. Um, and then... <clears throat> And then he says, Hu Yang says, well, I still have those stories stored in my data bank, if you'd like to hear one. And she's like, no, no, maybe later. And he's like, well, perhaps you have a story that that you could tell me. And um, they kind of talk a little bit about how Sabine, this is where she reveals to Hu Yang that Sabine made a choice, made a bad choice. And... And yeah, and then realizes very quickly that this is not something she wants to talk about and kind of diverts back and says, all right, Hu Yang, why don't you, you know, why don't you tell me one of those stories after all? And Hu Yang says, yeah, yeah, sure. And she's like, you tell me, tell me, like you pick, doesn't matter, whichever one. And Hu Yang says... A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> Love it. You hate it, don't you? So stupid. <laughs> uh, I'll admit that this is like a bad member, Barry, because it's, yeah, you're, you're very right. Like you were saying at the outset of this episode, you're like, it's one of those like, ah, I see what we did there. Ah, it's a, it's a, blatant and bad member berry reference to what everybody knows as the opening crawl <laughs> but at the same time it's so good <laughs> oh man because these that uh, and it, it it does kind of work because he's telling a story about like the galaxy they're going to or whatever <laughs> oh, i like it i do so dumb it's 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 bad it's like it's like the worst kind of dad joke but at the same time aren't those the best kind of dad jokes (laughs) so dumb all right you know what actually you take us through this episode now because i'm just pissed off by that line you take us through (laughs) it's that that didn't take much (laughs) yep you i've done i've done the first six or however many whatever it is it's your turn now go ahead Okay, okay. All right, so we get the title card, and then we cut to Sabine waking up in a prison cell, which uh, probably wasn't what she was hoping for when she made the deal. And uh, Balin comes by, and and she kind of makes reference to this, saying that she was hoping she'd have a room with a view. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. it's not a very long scene. Uh, Balin quickly runs off to the uh, bridge of the ship, I guess we'll call it, and uh, informs the rest of the crew that that she's not happy about her, her living circumstances on this journey. Which is fair. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> and then the, the ship comes out of hyperspace. And we're in a galaxy far, far away. Shut up. <laughs> Shut yeah, the hell big, up. Big blue marble of a planet with uh, 
a big ast- what looks to be an asteroid ring all the so, way around it. So I have my own fan theory, and it's a fan theory that I'm sticking with, and I'm happy about it. <clears throat> okay, let's hear it. So the reason why Star Wars episodes, episodic films, begin with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is because that's when it takes place. It takes place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And they're telling stories in their world about these Purgle. And so presumably, so the whole idea behind Star Wars is that all this shit actually happened out there somewhere just forever ago, obviously in in a galaxy civilization that was far more advanced than we were, because a long time ago they were even more advanced than we are now. Uh, But it happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And there's a very good chance that if you were able to travel to that galaxy today, maybe some of that stuff's still there, maybe it's not. Who knows? It was a long time ago. Stuff happens. You tracking so far? Sure. So, if they're far, far away from us, then what's also far, far away from them? We are. Yeah. And so my theory... And I got nothing to base this on other than the fact that, you know what? Hell, we're throwing caution to the wind, and I can believe whatever I want to believe now. Is that the galaxy that they're traveling to, the galaxy that has purgles, all that shit, is our galaxy from a long, 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 long time ago. Because in Star Mm. Wars, this is all happening a long time ago, and they're talking about a long time ago. And so it's forever ago, but it's in our galaxy, certainly not our solar system, but our galaxy, who knows, far reaches of it, whatever. Maybe Pergola are all extinct now, have been for 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 years, who knows, whatever, but have never made it as far as Earth, doesn't matter. But yeah, so just so you know, just so you know, all this is going down. All this is going down in the Milky Way galaxy. And the reason they don't refer to it as the Milky Way galaxy is because, I mean, that's a name that we've given it. That's not some, like, intergalactic, you know, whatever name. Maybe at one point it did have a different name from, you know, some high-up governing body of whatever, right? I'm sure if there are actually aliens out there somewhere in the universe, I'm sure they don't refer to our galaxy as the Milky Way galaxy, Right? So, there you go. Thrawn mm. was banished to our galaxy. It's official. Star Wars canon. <laughs> Take that, it, Kathleen. That, that's it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Moving on. Uh, we find out that the ring around the planet is actually a Purgle graveyard. Uh, and it's kind of alluded to here that this is the place Purgle come to die. This is the the end of their life journey, kind of like an elephant graveyard. Then an elephant's time to die. They a bunch of all the elephants walk with them to the graveyard and they fall over dead. I don't know if that's what happens with elephants, but that's so, what they're alluding to happens here. So presumably, the Purgle that took Ezra and Thrawn <clears throat> was on its way to go die. One of them. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause they all always travel in herds in, anyway. in rebels is, is that whole incident that happens in rebels? Is that intentional or does it seem like it could just be accidental? 
It's like was semi intentional. Was the purple just yawning and they happened to be in the way? No, it's it's semi like Ezra and Thrawn ta- being taken is yeah. semi intentional. Uh, Ezra has earlier in the se- uh, an earlier season they have a run in. Uh, with the Purgle and there's a whole kind of small story arc involving them and Ezra learning to communicate with them similar to way that we saw Ahsoka do and using the force. And so uh, in the final episodes of uh, the series, the, the home planet of Ezra that we first met Sabine on here was under threat from Imperial in, uh, was already occupied, but was there was, I can't remember what the actual threat was, but Thrawn was involved. Oh, that's what it was. Thrawn was like coming there or something to, to bring the iron fist to the empire, even though the empire was already there. Anyway, um, Ezra escaped was the only ship able to escape the, the Imperial blockade and he brought the Purgle back or something like that, or he called them through the force. He ended up on Thrawn's ship and, and using the force, he called them or brought them, brought them there. They grabbed the ship, him and Thrawn were on and they dragged it off through hyper hyperspace. Okay. So semi accidental because Ezra didn't know where they were going to take them, but also intentional because as it was Ezra's plan for the Purgle to take Thrawn and him and his ship away from the galaxy where they could no longer be a threat. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on, uh, they grab Sabine and everybody gets into a nice little ship and they take off for the planet surface. And there's a very awkward, uh, no talking ship ride all the way down to the surface as they pass a bunch of statues, uh, big, big statues. Old kind of, Dathomir. Yeah, they look Night Mother inspired. They land on a large tower and exit the ship, and they are met by three witches of Dathomir. Kind of spooky looking, sounding like. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time we've really seen something like that in live action. <clears throat> yes, it is. Yeah. And, and this is the first time they've really kind of taken, like kind of taken the th- three witches coven kind of, um, what would you call that? Not canon, like uh, trope, I guess yeah. in writing and, and cinema to, to heart here. Cause there's three of them and they kind of work in sync as one kind of like uh, the fates. Up- yeah, yeah, uh, and up up to this point, um, in the 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 main canon source we've seen them is in the Clone Wars, and in that they're like a, I guess you could call it thriving society on Dathomir, being led by uh, um, so is her name uh, this no this one's her name Sister Talzin isn't it? No, her name is. Morgan. Yeah. So, uh, sister Talzin, I think is the name of like the head, uh, of the, the witches of Dathomir. Um, so it's at that, in that 
that kid. So that kind of, they didn't follow like the three witches trope in the clone wars, but they do here. And they got these weird little floaty balls that are connected by something, but they're obviously using the force to control them. And they do this thing where they, uh, they didn't realize Sabine was going to come and they're like, this one smells of Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, they don't like it, but they wrap her up and they take her off to a, uh, prison. Yeah. The, 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 they were really creepy. The, I like the, the three orbs thing. I thought that was pretty interesting. The way they, use them in different ways. It seems like. Are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm listening. I just, <laughs> You're just enthralled by my retelling. You've it's got so captivating. It's so captivating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's cool that they don't even need to be present to use these things. They're just, they're semi sentient almost. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. I, I did like that whole, like, yeah, becomes because at first, like when when the three orbs or whatever go around her, and and the laser things kind of shoot in a straight line, you're like, "Ooh, okay, that's a do not touch those," or you're gonna get slicey sliced. Yeah, um, they seem like lightsaber blades. Yeah, but then they sort of like elastize <clears throat> around her and are control like that. That was cool. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. That's that's <clears throat> like a fun piece of." tech slash witchcraft that that we haven't seen so yeah i'm i always welcome stuff like that for sure yeah um so then after sabine's been kind of taken away and i don't know where the witches and and uh, morgan go but um balin starts and uh not uh what's her name shin balin and shin kind of are just hey, they continue to hang out on top of this tower, and uh, Balin's like, "Man, this place is like a dream gone crazy." Yep, and he's he's kind of reminiscing about those stories he was told as a as a as a Jedi, and he's like, "It's like I, I've I've imagined this place before when I've been was told things." The whole thing and is he, just kind of further driving home the idea or the feeling that there's there's a real internal struggle going on with Balin. <clears throat> yeah. I, <sighs> like, he's not just straight up anti-light side. He's not straight up no. anti-Jedi. Yeah. It, it, it really drives, for me, it drives home the, 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 the feeling that he he is good. He's just kind of re- resorted to doing whatever it takes, even if he doesn't like it. Kind of that. Um, oh, what what was it we watched recently? Oh, it was it was um, uh, in Andor. What's his name? Giving that monologue about see, tearing down, stop, trying to build something he'll never see because he's got to become the evil oh, he yeah, despises yeah, yeah. to do it. Yeah. Um, whatever his name was, Skarsgård. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, it, it, he, he real Balin really seems like that kind of character to me. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. 
Yeah. So he continues to kind of wax poetic about his time at the temple and the Clone Wars and watching the, the Jedi Order fall and um and then and he says he Shin misses asks, he misses the idea of it. Yeah, Shin asks him, "Well, is, is it our time now to to build something or what? Like, is kind of what she's referring to? Like, is our alliance with Thrawn what's going to bring us into power?" And 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 he's like, "Not really. Not 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 what we're not what we're not what my it's not that's not my goal." Well, he says something really interesting that is, like, very different than what a lot of Sith have said in the past, right? Like, Sith are always after that immediate, tangible power. Power and control. And 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 Balin says that type of power is fleeting. Yeah. And so, it's really interesting that he's got that perspective where... He's not just, he's not as short-sighted as Sith tend to be. Yeah. And and then, he, like, he, again, telling in what he says, he talks about saying what he seeks is the beginning. Uh, and he doesn't really allude what that beginning is. Um, but he's, he's looking to end this cycle of rising powers and people fighting the power and the new you know, like, because essentially, right, like the beginning of Star Wars as we know it cinematically, we have the Galact, the 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 um, Republic, which is trying to be tore down by uh, the Sith, and eventually the Empire rises, and then and then this then something tries to tear it down, and now we're kind of back to the beginning of episode one, we've got a Republic and the empire is trying to tear it down. And then, you know, and then we got the, the prequel trilogy, which is like the empire trying to be tore down. But you, you know, you like, so Balin's talking about this cycle and he's like, I'm looking to end it, find a cycle. way to stop it. Yeah. And I, I need a power that's somewhere on this thing. And yeah, what he's alluding to could be, is so up for interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's like, is he talking about a species that's here? Like, uh, the Zepho that we've heard about in Jedi fallen order. And we see in Jedi fallen order. Is it a species from pre- uh, legends that the, like the Rakatan empire? Is it like, or is it like, he's just f- trying to find where the Jedi started, um, or is it something completely new? Like <laughs> this is one of those things that's left unspoken and people are just going mad theory crafting. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So anyway, we cut back to Sabine and she's in a cell trying to figure out what, what she needs to do. And she's, she gets up from the floor she's sitting on and she, she decides she's going to try something. She's going to give the force the old college try. She, she, she's going to decide I gave that girl a force poke in the cheek and with my finger, with the force finger, because <laughs> it wasn't very powerful. And I'm going to try and use it again to bust this door down. 
<laughs> How, do you think this series ends with Sabine all of a sudden out of the blue tapping into it and becoming a viable source user or force user? Or do you think they're going to go the opposite route where she will discover her own sense of identity and will come to terms with the fact that being a force wielder is maybe just not her? Um, kind of more the, la- uh, com- uh, yeah, more the latter, but a combination of, okay. Like she'll find, she'll, she'll find her own. She, she's not going to be like a Jedi, right? Um, like Obi-Wan was never a great force user, but because he studied and practiced diligently, he became one of the most powerful there was. Right. Um, Sabine's never going to get there no matter how much practice she uses, I don't think. Right. But she'll find like her own balance in the force. I think where she'll be like, I'm a Mandalorian. I'm going to use guns. I'm going to use the lightsaber. I'm not going to depend on the force because I can't use it well enough, but it, it will aid me. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that's where I think her character will go. Um, anyway, she tries to knock down this door and then the walls start to rumble. Oh, it's working. Oh no, wait, it's just a spaceship outside. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, not just a we, spaceship. We see Thrawn's spaceship appear. His star we destroyer. Get, we get start to hear Thrawn's epic orchestral score start to, to, to drum up. This Star Destroyer is in rough shape. Yep. Well, I mean, it did get dragged through hyperspace by a pearl. <laughs> yeah. It hasn't. Yeah. And, and the repairs on it are, and this, this, I just noticed this kind of walking through it on Disney plus uh, kind of scene by scene, but the, the repairs that are made are like gold plated as well. Which is cool. So yeah. kind of jumping ahead, the spaceship dock, the, the Star Destroyer docks on the tower, and we see a, 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 a an army of stormtroopers who are are a little beat up. Their their armor's not so shiny. No, and they've wrapped themselves in what looks like Night Sister um, bits of clothing and. A strapping and a lot of the helmets are cracked and the armor is cracked and broken but it's put back together at, and in the seams of of where it's been put all been put together is gold which i don't know the name of it but there's like it's a chinese thing where they a broken pot they put back together pottery uh using gold as the glue right and the idea is that this broken thing is now more valuable uh, and and more precious because it's yeah. it's it's kind of gone through something and been yeah. put back together. Um, so kind of interesting that they've they've taken that practice and kind of applied it to this armor. I mean, not the chi- like the the context of that practice. We'll say is that. Um, and then we, uh, we see a special trooper with like kind of a Roman-ish style mask instead of a stormtrooper mask. Right. 
Yeah. And his name is Enoch. Russian or like Japanese samurai kind of thing. It didn't work for me. I think it looks cool. I think I it mean, looks it, cool. I just don't helps. think it fits. I think it it helps stand him out from the rest of the, like he is he's he's the leader of the stormtroopers. Sure, but I mean so did Captain Phasma's uniform and it was still consistent with stormtrooper getup where this is just like again, why have we never seen anything like this in Star Wars? Like because they've ne- they've never gone to this galaxy before. Like we've we've never seen anything like this gold this armor being repaired with gold before either. So you think that's what it is? You think it's you, you don't think it looked like that prior to them No. Like <clears throat> there there are some stormtroopers with like black and white helmets here and gray and black and white and gray and they've got this red stuff ro- roped up roping them all all their armor up and together and like yeah there's 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 something i think it just all it's supposed to look off-putting and supposed to look weird and not right right because there's something else at play here right right okay yeah the the the, this this army isn't a normal stormtrooper army there's something different about them and we haven't seen it yet but yeah i think we will Okay. Right. They, they've been on this plant long enough that the Night Sisters, who uh, can bring people back from the dead, <laughs> we've seen that in the Clone Wars show, uh, have heavily influenced Thrawn's army. I, it's very easy to say that. And I, it, um, it's very obvious. Okay. Yeah, um, I just didn't like the way it looked. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not crapping on it entirely. Yeah. It just, yeah, wasn't for me. But uh, then we get Thrawn walking down the aisle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh this, boy, this was epic. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh. Lars Mikkelsen is kills it here. Like he. I was thinking about this it. This feels so strong. <laughs> he really he nails it in the sense that it how do I word this? He has a real subdued portrayal here and I think that's what makes it so menacing. He's very calm the whole time. He's always in control. He's always, do you know what I mean? Right. It, it, this is, again, like, <laughs> we keep harping back to this because you haven't seen Rebels yet. But the he, he voiced Thrawn in Rebels. Yes. And so so the the cadence in the vo- of his voice and the way he's speaking is perfect from Thrawn and Rebels. Okay. But the physical portrayal is also exactly like Rebels. Like it's it's exactly very calm, very subdued. I'm not going to waste any more energy than I absolutely have to. I'm cold, I'm calculating, 
and I have planned everything out. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, he he thanks the the night mothers for helping the reunion um, and aiding in their escape, and then he finds out that there is a bit of a hiccup that uh, Sabine Sabine is with them, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and Thrawn's like, um. You didn't tell me this was this was gonna happen, uh, Night Mothers. You didn't speak of this, which kind of these Night Mothers, I guess, are kind of pro- like they could, they they use the Force quite a bit to look into the future <laughs> and and use some foresight. Um, but yeah, they refer to her as a loose thread that they didn't see, <laughs> and uh, Thrawn kind of quickly. Well, uh, Balin kind of says that, uh, like, this is this is the deal I made with her. And Thrawn's like, okay, well, quickly comes up with a plan to kind of use Sabine to help find Ezra. And they, they give her, her all her stuff back, and they give her a thing to track Ezra, which this is – this isn't something I even – I was so kind of engrossed with this for like seeing Thrawn on screen that it didn't even hit me till I watched my breakdown. But like if they could track Ezra with that tracker, why, why do they need Sabine if Ezra is such a threat? (laughs) Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't even realize it till, Tell somebody else who looked, watched the show more intently for little things like that, pointed it out to me. But yeah, <clears throat> they um, they even give her uh, a little, little doggo because <laughs> uh, it's more of a wolf, I guess, wolfy doggo. Because um, you know, uh, Dave Filoni's got to get his. Wolfos in, wolfies in there. He's got a thing for wolves, apparently. So we got uh, a wolf that she can ride out to find Ezra. And she rides off to find Ezra. And then shortly after she leaves, Thrawn says to uh, Balin and his apprentice, yeah, you'll go after her in a minute. <laughs> yeah, like, so, I mean, Balin does seem very concerned with the idea that his word is not going to be honored. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like up until this point, and then he kind of seems like, oh, okay, we are honoring my word. And then he doesn't seem like, you know, when the plan is that... We're gonna go. We're gonna go kill them both. It's not like this immediate, like menacing grin on his face, kind of like yes, yes, we're going to go kill them. Like, it just doesn't seem like a fan of it. He doesn't seem like he's against it completely either. No, and his, like the word, like the promise he gave was that 
I'll help you get to the galaxy. You can come with us to the galaxy. I'll help you find Ezra. Yeah. That, nope. Like that's where what, once and, and, um, Thrawn for, for his part in this is honoring that agreement as well. They're simply saying once she finds Ezra, you can kill them <laughs> because yes. your word, your word is fulfilled at that point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it, and Thrawn says as much that, that, that of, to that effect as well. Um, but, uh, yeah. So then we cut to Sabine riding her doggo through the wilderness. It's a pretty barren landscape. Don't know how much survives on this planet. Um, and she pulls out her scanner. She starts looking and then she starts getting shot at. And we get a little, we get a little shootout here, a little fight, a little firefight with uh, some bandity ruffian dudes who have some pretty interesting armor, kind of unique looking. I don't know. Um, yeah yeah i mean it's just kind of generic like they could be star wars bandits they could be power ranger villains they could be (laughs) yeah anyway she pulls out her lightsaber and she goes to town on him after losing her guns takes them all out they run away the ones that survive (laughs) Uh, but her her little tracker thing is busted Uh, and then we cut, have a quick cut back to Balin and um, well, what's her name again? Shin. Shinbone. Balin yeah, I don't like Shinbone. her. <laughs> I don't find her interesting. I don't find. She hasn't had a huge role. No. Balin's kind of stealing what like, because they're, they're, for the most part, they're on screen together every time. And Balin's kind of stealing the scene because he's the master right he's the the more predominant figure the the leader she's not speaking unless spoken to kind of thing for the most part but they they head off to go after sabine and their their prey uh all the while uh the ship is being loaded up with what can more Pretty, I, th- I think it's safe to assume they're sarcophaguses or coffins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think so. Like they're they're pretty they're pretty coffin shaped to me. Yep. Um. So yeah, so they they haven't left immediately because it seems like, um, from some of the discussion we have with uh between um what's the name of that first that the gold masked dude and uh, thron e- enoch Echo? enoch yeah enoch? enoch enoch and morgan and thron it seems like yeah they haven't left immediately because they need to load these things up so you can kind of infer that Thrawn has made some deal with the Night Mothers to get back, that the, the Night Mothers will help him get back to the galaxy he wants to be in. But in turn, he has to help them by bringing uh, whatever's in these coffins, dead people, back as well. So 
which raises all kinds of questions. Like, why are there like if th- this is a, this must be the home of the Night Mothers, original home of the Night Mothers, because earlier in the season Morgan talked about the Night Mothers coming from somewhere else, or the the her people coming from somewhere else. Um, why are these three the only three here, or are there more? What's in what's in the boxes? Obviously, like. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, there's a bunch of questions here that we we're not getting answers to, which I wonder if we ever get answers to. We'll see. We're already in episode six. There's two more left. Anyway, cutting back to Sabine. Doggo feels bad about leaving Sabine during the fight. And Sabine is mad. This animal looks great. I'm pretty sure that's a practical effect. Um, I like, think it. I think it switches back and forth. Like, yeah, there, there's probably parts of it that are CG, but like, I mean, just the way it kind of moves it feels e- practical. Even the parts that are CG, it's good CG. Yeah, like so good. What an ugly dog, though. <laughs> <laughs> very i mean i don't like, like dogs so a, to me all a, dogs a wrinkly skin face thing oh man yeah kind of yeah. cool cool looking but to me it just looks like a regular dog it's like a crocodile mouth nose but furry body a hor- horsey yeah <laughs> yeah like yeah. all dogs but uh yeah he smells something and sabine's like <gasps> Oh, maybe you can help. They they may they mend fences and then he smells something and Sabine gets back on and they take off towards whatever he's smelling. And apparently he was smelling water. <laughs> yeah. Uh but then he starts smelling something again and he starts kind of rooting around and um they 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 find a little uh hermit crab people thing. What do you think of this guy? Uh, this species? This species. Because um, we quickly find out that... I'm just going to jump ahead real quick before I get your thing. But yeah, the, Sabine makes friends, realizes that he's got this homemade emblem of the, uh, the resistance symbol. And that kind of... She doesn't understand him because speaking of foreign language that she doesn't know but that Ezra must be he must know Ezra somehow and he she tells him to take him to Ezra and then he makes some whistly hooty noises and like 30 more pop up <laughs> yeah I mean I like the idea of them I think again that they are a mixture but I think there's definitely some practical effects going on here um there's definitely spots where there isn't, but I think like the close-ups, I think they're like actual puppets. Um, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with them. They're they're you know they're fun and have the potential to offer comic relief, but also it's like I don't know, it's one of those things where like never again in star wars are we ever going to be in this galaxy and it's obviously a species that is specific to this galaxy or even this planet and so i'm like you know 
even if it was a super lame species, ultimately it wouldn't make a big difference. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, but I like them. I think they're fun. Yeah, it's it's a cool concept for us alien species. Yeah, uh, kind of a little bit outside the box thinking of what an alien species could be. Uh, kind of playing off a hermit crab yeah anyway so they take her to go find her her friend ezra and then we cut back to um uh balin and shin and they've come across uh some of sabine's handiwork the cut down raiders and they have a little conversation about who she's looking for shin asking like do you know this Jedi we're after. And he's like, no, we've never met. He's not really a Jedi anyway. He's from a breed of Boken Jedi trained in the wild. So he's like talking down on Ezra because he wasn't trained at the Academy. He, like he yeah, was. <laughs> he does as much as he, as much as he, I don't know. Balin has a real respect and almost like elitism. In yeah. terms of the Jedi Council. Very much so. Yeah. But then, like, in his talking, he's like, uh, he, he was, he, he does say, like, he was trained to be a Jedi. Uh, and then talk, like, uh, because she, Shin asked him, like, oh, you mean he's being trained the way I am? Because she never knew the Academy either. He's, she, her question is, like, am I a Boken Jedi as well then? Yes, and he said no. But he said no. You're. I'm training you to be something more, something different. Yeah, Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, Yeah, and then um, they, yeah, she she kind of again kind of waxes about the order and being part of it, and then. then we we get a little run in with our our uh, our bandits, but uh, Balin decides, yeah, we don't we don't have to fight them. They they can help us, and uh, yeah, we jump back to um, Sabine. And Sabine uh, has been taken to this little colony of hermit crabs who have got a nice kind of weird home set up, like a trailer park. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Some trailer park people. Now now trailer park people have something to call their own in Star Wars. Um. And eventually, after kind yeah, of they just kind of they're they're transients. Yeah, they remind yeah. me of the um, the Harfoots in Rings of Power. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after kind of watch taking in how they're living, uh, she turns and finds a familiar face, her friend Ezra Bridger. We get a nice little reunion. Yes. It's very touching. You probably don't care. <laughs> um, I mean, so this is... The, I don't know. Because I don't know him as a character, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you probably don't care. <laughs> and 
what I'll say is that it does the one thing seeing him so like as the ahsoka show has kind of shot themselves in the foot in terms of how many actors have to wear colored contacts <laughs> because <laughs> because when you're making something animated you just you just throw in what what other whatever color you think will pop and looks good on screen and yeah. and you know whatever and so obviously ahsoka rosario dawson is wearing blue contacts because ahsoka has blue eyes and rosario dawson doesn't Obviously, Hera's wearing green contacts, very vibrant green contacts. Um, and if you like, look at images of Ezra from Rebels, he has bright really blue eyes. Very blue eyes. Very blue eyes. And obviously, the actor who's playing Ezra, A, from the fact that not many people have blue eyes that bright. And B, due to the actor's ethnicity, there's a good chance that he doesn't have bright blue eyes. It doesn't. It's not impossible. I haven't looked it up. But it's not impossible. But it's unlikely that he has bright blue eyes like that. And so now Ezra's character actor has to wear these bright blue <laughs> contacts just so that it's all consistent with yeah with the show. It is just funny. I'm just like, when I saw that, I was like, man, the animation really shot them in the foot here. <laughs> bad, bad animation choices. Bad animation choices. Yes. No like, forethought whatsoever. No, because they, I, you know, obviously I don't, yeah. you know, when Rebels started, I don't think there was a thought that Ezra was going to be a live action character at some point. And so... Yeah. Yeah, it's just it, that's that's what stood out to me is that he's got these piercing blue eyes <laughs> and <Yeah>. brown skin. <laughs> and so he just he looks a little goofy. But then, I mean, you can chalk that up to, well, is Ezra 100 percent human the way that we know humans? Or is he just a very, very, very human esque species that, you know, right. like whatever? It's Star Wars, so you can get away with a lot. But yeah, no, obviously, obviously I don't know him as a character, um, but it is like, I, I do think that he already in the little bit that we saw him on screen has a, he's got a real likability to him and you feel bad because he um you feel bad because he he's all excited to go home and sabine knows that now that may not happen <laughs> right yeah like and if it does it's not in good circumstances but probably not likely to happen yeah like if they walk back up to that that, that tower they're dead yeah yeah so i don't know it's yeah so it yeah it, it's a very heartwarming like oh they found each other yes oh and and like it's they they kind of have this little playful banter kind of uh like no time has passed but then yeah ezra's like you're riding a howler that's the name of yeah. those doggos right you're how'd riding you, a how, how did that happen that? yeah as a matter of fact how did you even get here? Yeah. Right? And Sabine's just like, 
Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Let's just let's just be happy. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. We're we're, we're not going to talk about anything prior to before at, between after you left and me getting here. We're not talking about anything. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, kind of. So she's not lying to him, but she's not being truthful, and he's. I guess I, I I wouldn't say he's naive in that, but he's also like, just like, okay, uh, you don't want to talk about it. I'm not going to push the subject. We're friends. You'll tell me when I need to know. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And then, uh, so we jumped back to, uh, the tower and Thrawn and Morgan and the, the witches, the great mothers, and um, they have got some more bad news for Thrawn. Uh, the the threads have spoken to them, and they see another Jedi riding through space with the Travelers, as they call them. And Morgan thinks it could be uh, Ahsoka, and uh, or no, sorry. Uh, Thrawn thinks it could be Ahsoka, but Morgan tries to dispute that by saying she was dead. But uh, Thrawn, being the consummate uh, planner and um, tactician, doesn't rule it out because who else could it possibly right. be? Um, yeah, and they decide to set a trap for the whales once they uh, could get to the planet. And uh, then the, the, the episode kind of closes with Thrawn saying, telling the mothers he shall need, they, he'll need their aid once again. Uh, and... The mothers say the thread of destiny demands it, Grand Admiral. So he's definitely got some connection with them, obviously. Yeah, some some kind of deal has been made here. And then that's the episode. I wonder if, because we've theorized, or it kind of seems like Thrawn is going to be the big baddie in the film that kind of culminates the Mandalorian verse. Yeah. I, I think this, like the fact that we're at the end of episode, what, six. Yep. And there's only two two episodes left. I think maybe it's not until towards the end of the final episode that, that they get out of this galaxy. Like, I don't think you're going to see, I think, I don't know that there's going to be much, if any, Thrawn resolution in this series at all. And I think the whole point of this series is just to introduce and set up the Yeah. Introduce Thrawn to live action and bring him back to the galaxy as a threat. Yeah, and that's it. The Star Wars galaxy. And I don't know if that'll like if they'll find a way to do that that feels satisfying and like a complete story, or if it will just feel if the series is just going to feel like exposition. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to end up being kind of more the latter. I feel like 
we're going to this 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 series will end and Thrawn will be loosed on the galaxy with whatever's in those boxes. Yeah. Which everybody's theorizing it's it's an undead army. Oh. Yeah. Like because the night mothers can bring people like right. Okay. I mean, you you played Fallen Order. Yeah. What happens yeah, yeah. when you take go to Dathomir on Fallen Order? Yeah. No. No. You're right. The only enemy you fight are undead. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so what? Just all the all the people like from his dwindled numbers because he talks about like since they've gotten there their numbers have dwindled. Yeah. So either his maybe combination of his his forces and but whatever forces the night mothers have. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But like this goes back to like I was talking about like there's a whole bunch of questions here. Like what's the the power is the power that Balin's after the reason that the night mothers are so desperate seem seem kind of desperate to leave with Thrawn? Like like Thrawn wants to leave, but why do they want to leave? Mhm. Right? Like this they didn't tr- I don't I don't think these three witches like did they did they travel here? from the, the original Star Wars galaxy and or, we're unable to get back? Did yeah, they, I don't know. Are they from here? And if they're from here, from this planet, how do they know about Morgan so that they were communi- be able to communicate through the Force over that distance? Because that's what was happening. That's how she knew Thrawn was alive and where he was. So it's just like there's a bunch kind of when it comes to the night sisters in this planet and this power that that uh, uh, that Balin's talking about, like there's there are some unanswered questions as to what these things could be. Right. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. So was this episode a well, winner or a fail for you? Um, I think like it was a slower episode. I think overall. It was a win, um, and I kind of enjoyed the slower pace after, like, especially after what we got last week, which was so kind of heavy and some good lightsaber action. And yeah, I think I think I enjoyed it. I don't okay. think it was the most enjoyable out of all of them, but it, uh, yeah, I think it, it's good. And okay. what did you think? Did uh, did those few words at the beginning ruin the whole damn thing for you? No, they didn't. Um, <laughs> but I will still say that I think it's a fail. Um, I think it's the first fail. And it's weird because a lot happens in this episode. Like a lot happens. A lot of plot progressing things happen. We get introduced to Thrawn. We get introduced to Ezra. We like. There's a lot of big things that happen, but somehow, in the midst of all of those big things happening, this still felt like a filler episode. Like mm. it just felt like, yeah. And I, and I don't know why. I can't fully explain it. But it just felt like a filler episode to me. So, I yeah, it's it's the first it's the first fail. Not by not like it wasn't awful. It's not like failing by a huge margin. But I just didn't. I didn't love it. 
you know? It just kind of felt like everything happened, but also nothing happened. And and that's weird. And I don't I don't fully understand how or why. But um, I do, something that I'm interested to see play out, the one sort of seed that was planted in this was when, when it's, you know, Thrawn kind of puts two and two together and realizes that it's likely Ahsoka who's the impeding Jedi. Um, and he says, like, I want to know everything about her. I want to know her background. I want to know this, that, and the other thing. And he yeah. says, I want to know her master. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know who the master is. And I'm like, ooh. Ooh. Because mm-hmm. did Thrawn, was Thrawn one of the few that figured out that Vader was Anakin? The Thrawn? Um, I think I think this is something that was uh, dove into in the comic books. Did Thrawn know Vader was Anakin? The short answer um, is yes. Thrawn did indeed know that Anakin Skywalker and yeah, Vader right. were in some ways one and the same. However, as Obi-Wan once argued, Anakin died when he blah, blah, blah. Okay, so it sounds like he did deduce it. He's one of the yeah. guys that knew. Um, but obviously could, didn't know figured that, it out, he could have. Yeah, but obviously didn't know that Anakin had an apprentice named Ahsoka. Knows of Ahsoka very clearly but doesn't know. So that could be really interesting. And I hope they don't just leave that as is. I hope that turns into something. I hope we revisit that. So, because mm. especially in a show that is yeah, making a point of having people throw Anakin in Ahsoka's face. Yeah. And, and not only that, like all last episode was her kind of um dealing kind of um working through that kind of inner turmoil of decisions she made or could have made and the destruction that that was wrought from them and right because of who anakin became yeah so now they'd be able to be able to do it in such a way that that it's just kind of water off Ahsoka's back, right? It'd be a great way to showcase yeah. her new yeah. uh not her new not caringness. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 So. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and X formerly known as Twitter. I don't know when I can stop saying that. Do, do people know what X is? Uh, it's the letter before Y and Z. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> we have a Patreon page where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show, help us keep the show going, and you get some fun rewards in return. And we have merch. Yeah. Did you know that there's a link to our merch store from the Facebook page? Is there? I'm, I'm sure there is. Yeah, there is. And until next week, when we come back at you with some more news and some more Ahsoka. And this weekend uh, is mine and Pete's review of the Stephen King adaptation of Misery. 
Ooh, I haven't Ooh. seen that. Dark and creepy and awful and I, awful in it. terms of like <laughs> not like it's a bad. Anyways. Ah. <sighs> <sighs>